0: Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Lorraine Bennett. No relation, thank goodness for her. Uh, She has a master's degree in philosophy. She was the communications manager for the National Council of Catholic Women. Uh, She's co-authored six books with her husband, Art, and one solo book. Uh, She's helped create a new game that we're going to talk about today uh, called Know Thyself and has eight grandchildren and is, uh, I'm sure, never has a moment to yourself. Do you, (laughs) Lorraine? Not too much. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, before we get into the game that I, I was really fascinated looking at that, Um, and we were mentioning before we got on, I've, I've read a couple of your books, you know, the temperament God gave you the temperament God gave your spouse. And, you know, it really is important to not only understand our temperament, that, that gift that we've been given, um, but to understand other people's as well, isn't it?
1: Right. Absolutely. Uh, it's very helpful Um, In relations in all relationships, I would say with our with our spouse, our kids, with our co-workers and even with God.
0: And, you know, he's given them to us as a gift. But, you know, we're also talking about just, you know, we live in a world now where looking at ourselves objectively, having some sense of self-awareness has like gone out the window. Right. It's all. Everybody's right. in attack mode and nobody is looking at themselves like, hey, maybe I crossed the line here or maybe I need to look at things and react differently.
1: Exactly. And this is uh, one of the, the most helpful aspects, I think, of learning about the temperament is that we can take a look at ourselves. And I think people are afraid today. They they don't want to. I guess they can't look at, they can't see that they might have some flaws or whatever, but everybody has, nobody's perfect and everybody has some strengths and some weaknesses. And that's what we learn from looking at the temperaments. And we also, I think, become more forgiving of other people because we realize that they have strengths and weaknesses that might be different from ours. So that's one of the benefits of really
0: learning about the temperaments. Well, and I thought it was good, and I think it was in the book, uh, The Temperament God Gave You. I can't remember. But, you know, you even quote St. Teresa of Avila, right, on the importance of self-knowledge. She's like, geez, this is like really important. You can't just skip this and, you know, and and go to the next square. You need to really look at yourself.
1: Yeah, she even said uh, she would never cease to try uh, try to acquire self-knowledge, even if she was taken up to heaven. She had a quote like that. So, yeah, it, it's very, very important. And I think it brings it actually brings us to that foundational virtue of humility, because if we don't know ourselves, we tend to be very prideful.
0: We think we're wonderful and <laughs> maybe we're not. What? I always. I, well, in my case, I like, know I'm not. And, you know, I think <laughs> well, <laughs> I because I think that's the way that's why God made mirrors. Because when I look in a yes. mirror, ninety nine percent of my problems are looking right back at me
1: right, right, yeah, but it's also it's also a way of um, being able to forgive ourselves because um, so for example with with kids, let's say um, let's say you have a child who who seems like he seems like very different from your own temperament, and you might as a parent, I know many parents have and I've done this myself. Like we think, whoa, did I do something wrong in when I was raising? Is am I a bad parent? Or is there something wrong with my child? Or is he a bad child? And it could be simply their temperament. And when you get to understand their temperaments, you can really see, oh, this is God's gift to them, and they have some strengths and some weaknesses, but now you know which weaknesses to work on and how to grow in virtue. So that's kind of our our whole theme is that we want to grow
0: in virtue, but you can't grow in virtue if you don't know what your strengths and weaknesses are. (laughs) Well, and to know those strengths and weaknesses, right, it's, uh, you know, our goal in life, you know, to have the virtues is great, but if we can turn those vices that we have, those those shortcomings into virtues. That's what we really right. need to work on. And I think going through your books, and I'm sure going mm-hmm. through the game and all this, helps us see things from a different perspective. Yeah, I need to work on that. Right.
1: Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So true.
0: Yeah. Um, you you mentioned in uh, again in one of the in in the book on uh, the temperament God gave you that, and I think it's important to clarify. Temperament does not equal personality, right? Personality is a bigger thing. Exactly. Temperament's just a piece of it, right?
1: Yes, exactly. It it kind of goes back to that old nature versus nurture argument. What you know is our personality due to our biology or our genetics, or is it due to the environment? And there was always huge debates on that. But the answer is really both, plus. Additionally, God's grace and our free will to respond to God's grace. So the nature part or biology is really what temperament is. So it's only a small part of your total, total personality, which can include, you know, your culture, your family of origin. Um, it might include your education. Uh, how many, how many siblings did you have? Did you know all these things? And so it, Our whole personality is like a big umbrella, and temperament is one aspect under the umbrella, so to speak. But that's the our kind of the gift that God gives us to kind of kickstart our personalities.
0: Well, and unlike in the world we live we live in, right? These are gifts from God. God does not make mistakes. He knows if he makes us male or female, and he knows the temperaments that he gives us. And we're to work And, and embrace those things and, and make them better by the self-awareness that I think when you read your book, you're in your husband's books, it really does kind of open a door to our soul that we can kind of look at ourselves and say, yeah, hmm, that that's okay, but I really need to work on this, this, and the other thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And um, it also helps us in our relationships too, because, um, you know, I always like, Before I knew about the temperaments, I used to think my husband, Art, was just like me, only bad, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because I was judging him for not responding to things in exactly the same way that I did. And this is like, you know, this is the result of original sin. But once I learned about temperaments, I'm like, wait a minute. He responds slowly. He doesn't respond quickly. It's not because he is like mad at me or or he hates the idea that I came up with. It's simply because he, he by temperament needs some time to pause and reflect. And I'm more impulsive. So I tend to say things off the top of my head. So before we would have clashes and these could even involve, you know, they could result in arguments and then we end up now we're we're like, Oh, it's a temperament thing. We can let that go,
0: you know? Well, and as a parent, You know, and as a spouse, sometimes we try to think, you know, one size fits all. And, you know, you've met one kid, you've met one kid, right? They all have buttons in different places. And if you keep pushing the same button that doesn't work, everybody becomes frustrated. So I think your point about, you know, knowing these things and the real and because we're all in relationship, unless we're living as a hermit, we have relationships (laughs) at work, within the home. I mean, when you go to the grocery store, I mean, whatever it may be. We're interacting with other people. And to me, it's almost fascinating to sit back and kind of watch and just kind of see what makes people tick. I mean, to me, it's very fascinating. So I I love reading your books because it kind of gives you more things to look at and see things from different angles.
1: Yeah, that's great. I'm so glad. Yeah, glad you like them. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Again, they're, they're very good. And maybe we can talk about... Uh, the, you know, before we get into the game and what, yeah you know, what, why you desired to put that together, which I think is a great idea. What are the four temperaments and maybe just, you know, maybe a, a Cliff Notes version of each one, just so people know what we're talking about.
1: Right, exactly. So also before I, I should preface this with the reason that we talk about the four temperaments in the way that we do in our books is simply because there's a long and venerable history, Catholic history, of Mm -hmm. spiritual uh, theologians, spiritual writers, and even some popes, you know, talking about um, temperaments using these kind of funny terms, which go all the way back to the, you know, Hippocrates, right? (laughs) So we talk about, so we talk about the four temperaments in a way that, let's say, a contemporary psychologist wouldn't talk about them. They would talk about simply the, the, the characteristics of temperament, which they right. study, such as reactivity or sociability, extroversion, introversion, stuff like that. But we're talking about them using the four terms uh, of choleric or choleric, depending on your pronunciation. <laughs> I still don't have, know the definitive pronunciation. But um, anyway, phlegmatic, sanguine, and melancholic. So... The choleric is your kind of original type A person, you know, the classic leader, though we say that every temperament can be a leader. But the choleric is the one that, you know, is you, you pick them out of the crowd. It's like, OK, they want to take charge <laughs> because they have quick, intense, long lived reactions. They tend to be decisive, tenacious, driven and goal oriented. So they're very determined they love to be in charge, and it doesn't – and even if they don't know anything about what they're taking charge of, you know, they just – they charge ahead. You know, I'm thinking right. of, like, Mother Angelica. She didn't know anything about, you know, uh, international communications, and she says, I want one of those satellites, you know, <laughs> and she just oh. charges ahead, right? Um nope. So then there's the phlegmatic and the phlegmatic is just the opposite of the choleric or choleric. The phlegmatic is very easygoing, very peaceful, very diplomatic. Um, Their reactions are very uh, slow, not intense and not long lasting. And kind of a hallmark of the phlegmatic is they really hate interpersonal conflict. So where the choleric is like, quick to jump in and start an argument. The phlegmatic really hates those arguments and they would just rather be, they would just rather blend into the background, uh, be a team player, not trying to be in the limelight, uh, not, they, they are very um, happy to follow the, the, the choleric's lead, you know, so they're not trying to take charge, but they would make great leaders. They do because they're going to be more like the servant leader. Um, so then the next one is the sanguine and they're your classic people person. So they're the most extroverted of all the temperaments. They're the life of the party. They're sociable, fun, loving, affectionate, and they have quick, intense, but short-lived reactions. So that makes them very talkative, very enthusiastic, optimistic, but forgetful. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, they generously sign up to help out in many things, but then they forgot to put it in their planner and they, right. or, or they arrive late. You know, <laughs> the penguin mm-hmm. child is the one who's always running out the door and has to come in back in five times because they forgot their, you know, they forgot their sports equipment or they forgot the permission slip or whatever. They're like butterflies that flit from flower to flower. Yep. So, um, yeah. So then the last one is the melancholic and that's, that's the most introverted. So just the opposite of the sanguine. Um, they're very slow to respond, but once they do respond, their response is like very, very deep and intense. Um, and we like to say that there, there's a quote uh, about the melancholic, that they so long for heaven that everything on earth falls short. So they're very idealistic. They love the true, the good and the beautiful. They're very noble souls. They're kind of like the old souls. Like when they're young children, they're like old people, you know, they're, they're, they're they're like, they like to they like to read books. They're very artistic. They're very thoughtful. They're, they don't need 10 friends. They only need one. Um, but they can tend to worry and ruminate over things.
0: So that's kind well, of
1: I- in a nutshell.
0: Yeah, no, and I think that's, I mean, it's good for people to get kind of baseline. And, you know, you mentioned it, right? I think in one of your St. Mm-hmm. Francis de Sales talks about uh, the temperaments and, you know, yeah. the philosophers before Christ were talking about this. So this isn't something that, right. you know, was doctored in the 60s and everybody should run from. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so you put, you, you got the books out. I know you guys have several books. They've been very, you know, they're excellent. I would highly recommend people getting them. So what, what prompted you to think, you know what, we're going to do a game that kind of makes this fun and have people learn it?
1: Yeah, well, um actually, it probably happened with our adult children and their friends. They love playing games. It's like huge now. Everybody plays games. They have so many games. When I grew up, I had like, you know, Monopoly.
0: Yeah, maybe Part yeah, or it. something. Yeah, that's about it.
1: Right, yeah. right. Yeah, maybe sorry, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they have like settlers of Catan and Civilization and Resist they have a million games. Anyway, and I was like thinking about this and I thought, Wow, this would be a really fun way for people to get together like family and friends and um really Kind of get to know each other in a fun way without anybody pointing fingers, you know, <laughs> like I know you're a, you know, you're a melancholic. That's why you're so grumpy, you know, instead <laughs> of that, <is> that. <laughs> we're, let's just play a fun game and have it, that have people learn about themselves and others through that. And, and the interesting kind of twist of this is that the, um, you'll also find out what other people think about you. So, you know, this can sometimes be eye-opening. Like, you know, you can think you're this way, but then you find out, wait, they think I'm really such and such, you know, not, not exactly yeah. how I perceived myself. Yeah, <laughs> so it, it's kind of in a fun way, in a very fun way.
0: So what ages would you say it's for? Is it just for adults? Could kids play? I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. Well, we're saying that it's ages 12 and up. So, okay. yeah, just, you know, it, it, but if you have like a 10 year old who's a really good reader, you know, because, you know, they'd have to be able to kind of comprehend the, sure. the the words on the cards. Yeah. So the cards are we have like more than four or no, four hundred and eighty temperament cards. And um, some of them are just very simple uh, descriptions, you know, like. um charismatic or something like that but other ones are more fun and unique and you you kind of have to really think about it um so like we have you know um snake oil salesmen, you know <laughs> and mm-hmm. things like that or apple pie and so the um the idea is it's kind of like apples to apples i don't know if you've ever played that game but uh. there's a yeah there's a judge so he, the judge is, uh, rotates around the, the circle. Let's say you have, you know, five or six people playing, which is good, you know, or more. Um, and so the, one person starts out as the judge, and the judge says to the, about the person on his or her left, he says, who is, for example, Deacon Bennett? And the, the, the whole circle then has to look at their cards that they've been dealt in their, you know, people don't know what, what cards everybody is holding. They have to pick the card that they think best describes Deacon Bennett. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then at the end, the judge will choose. So it's kind of an interesting, and and people can lobby for their own cards or whatever, you know, there's a, there's an opportunity for some give and take, but in the end, um, you know, the person uh, who, Then we'll get whoever wins that round will uh, you receive that card. And at the end of the game, you can look at all your cards and see, does this actually describe me? You know, is this going to fit? Because we also have descriptions of which cards go with which uh, temperament.
0: So. Well, I would imagine. (laughs) Yeah, I would imagine doing that. You leave the game thinking, wow, that's what people think. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We all live in our little fantasy land and we all think, you know, it, I, I always think one of the great, right. the, one of the scariest questions to ever ask is to ask the Lord to help us see us as he sees us. Because oh, that would, wow. be, yeah. would crush me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It reminds me of a time when I was at, when I was at work and I thought I, I was having all these like because i'm choleric myself um i was having all these debates with a certain coworker, and um and i kept you know and i was thinking of myself as being so righteous and so defending you know the weak and the vulnerable or whatever and and being so um you know whatever right. correct right. And, and then and then there's this other little quiet co-worker who said to me she goes, Lorraine, why do you always escalate arguments? And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was doing? <laughs> <You> know. <laughs> and I was like, in an instant, I, I realized my view of myself was not
0: accurate. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then you come home and then I would come home and say something to my wife and she'd be like, yeah, that's right. You're like, uh yeah, exactly. yeah, That's the last thing. I, I mean I think it's one of the one of the beauties of marriage, right? When we, we right. have someone that can that can tell us, you know, when we've gone off the reservation and uh, <laughs> and, and then when we hear yeah, something yeah. like, nabbit, she's right again. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I think, you know, I, I would recommend. You know, even, you know, people get the game, but people get your books, too, because I think, you know, really understanding that and being, um, you know, a student of people and how they act and what's going on. I mean, understanding how right. many people tick really gives you such an advantage because now you know how to right. deal with them. You're going to avoid a lot of the pitfalls that we stumble into because we go in there, you know, deaf, dumb and blind. Right, right.
1: And it also is a, it, you know, you mentioned the hermit, but the hermit also has a relationship with God. And right. so, you know, yes. there is in our spiritual life, um, temperament is really helpful as well, because it's a good way to kind of know what virtues will come most easily. And everybody has some virtues that come quite naturally. But others are going to be more difficult to attain. And so that's, I think, how it helps us grow in the spiritual life. So, you know, think of like the, the sanguine tends to be really more naturally joyful and forgiving. But they struggle with perseverance and self-control. So they know right away
0: what they should be focusing on. It kind of is a shortcut in a way. Well, and to think about your, your spiritual life, you know, you know prayer is mm-hmm. the life life prayer is the lifeblood. And if you understand where you lack and what things you need to work on, it can really help improve your prayer life by going with your strengths and slowly working on your weaknesses so that, you know, you can do, you know, maybe praying rosary isn't for you, but as you get into understanding who you are and things you need to work on, maybe rosary may be, you know, one of the greatest prayers you do.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And my, my husband, Art, he always jokes that the sanguine goes into uh holy hour and after 30 minutes, it's 31 minutes, he rounds it up to an hour <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oops, I think I've done that before, you know, <laughs> but
0: yeah. Well, that's good, right? you do an hour of adoration and you're always looking for what's that recipe so I can be engaged and I can be focused and mm-hmm. what- is understanding yourself before you walk in the door, isn't it right yeah, absolutely so what has the response been to uh to the game well i i think it it's been good
1: so far I hope so <laughs> um I've got a lot of interviews set up from the people who are uh interested or received a copy I don't know um and i'm i'm really I'm really very hopeful uh that it will also. Prompt that deeper discussion, but also really bring people together. You know, in families, in a, in a fun way, because like, you know how we kind of like families seem to be going off in all different directions, and there's so many activities. Well, now that COVID's over, you know, people are back to their sports and their endless activities and schools and whatnot. So it's great to have an opportunity, I think, to gather as a family and with friends and really bring back laughter and (laughs) strengthen the bonds of love and and such. So I'm really I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's I think it's going to be really great,
0: actually. (laughs) Well, I think it's I think it's important because, you know, all the attacks we see on family, whether it's, you know, on marriages, whether it's on our children, you know, we got of the craziness going on in our public school system, trying to indoctrinate oh, yeah. children, all these things. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's hard enough to hide, you know, people need to make time to have dinner together. And these games give us something to do as opposed to watching all the garbage that's on a television set.
1: Absolutely. Yes. That's, that's, that's my hope that we'll this will bring families together.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's critical because it, the, the way the family goes is the way society goes and the way the church goes. And the church isn't even yeah. the healthy it should be right mm-hmm. now. We need strong right. so that we can have strong clergy and and people who are willing to stand up against the grain. And I think understanding our temperaments, and if we're not one that's caloric, willing to do that, that's something we need to work on because really this battle for for our marriages, for our salvation, right? Involves everybody, and Absolutely. it's all hands on deck. No one can say, well, I'm phlegmatic, so that's really not my cup of tea.
1: That's right. Absolutely. You have to, everybody everybody has to step up. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Proclaim the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I forgot to mention that uh, Know Thyself is put out by Sophia Press. Um How can people follow what you and your husband are doing, Lorraine, and how can they get your books and, you know, kind of get track of what's all that's going on?
1: Well, I think the best thing to do would be to go to, it's sophiainstitute.com, that's their website um, for Sophia Institute Press, Um, and you can get the game and you can get the books right there. And, um, and we actually are in the process of creating a new website, so we don't have it yet, (laughs) but you can, you can find everything you need probably at sophiainstitute.com.
0: If you like the content of these shows that we produce on a weekly basis, please prayerfully consider supporting us. Go to ccdenver.org, click on the donate button, And then click on Respect Life Denver to support this programming. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.